0: This podcast is distributed for general informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to constitute legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice. The information, opinions, and views contained herein are our own and may be subject to change at any time without prior notice. We do not have any obligation to provide revised opinions in the event of changed circumstances. All investment strategies and investments involve risk of loss. Nothing contained in this website should be construed as investment advice. Any reference to an investment's past or potential performance is not and should not be construed as a recommendation or as a guarantee of any specific outcome or profit. There it goes. And we're starting. You can see it.
1: I can see it. All right. All right. Well, so episode one officially... Playing with the new toys that Nate got for... Yeah, episode one, we got some actual podcasting equipment. All Uh, right. It's neat.
0: And so if it sounds like crap, it's because it's our first time using it.
1: Well, it's it's (laughs) first of hopefully many episodes we'll be able to do. I I think uh, based off of what we've done over the last year, it's provided some uh, framework or groundwork, I think, moving forward. But also a lot of things, in my mind, that uh, will allow for future growth, of the wallets, <laughs> we'll say.
0: I mean, that's the ultimate goal, right? Like, yeah. Everybody make money. Make the wallets bigger. Let's make the wallets bigger. Um, well, I think we should start. Let's uh, just start with a, a year review of uh, what 2020 did for us. Like, uh, where we started out, you know, it was a weird year. Like, And we're going to stick markets. We're not going to get into all the political, the COVID. I mean, we all know what it happened. It's always there. But let's stick to the markets. I mean, obviously, where they impacted was pretty big, but uh, we don't have to go in depth with the with the COVID charts.
1: No, because <laughs> that's a kind of one of those events. I think that you can't really plan on happening repeatedly over and over again. Is every is every new sickness that's out there going to create more or less a black swan event that um, that created a buying opportunity that I don't know that we'll see again. I I, I don't know. I can't predict that. But I think for 2020 in review where it started out if we were looking at the start of the year i felt coming into 2020 that we were going to have a pretty positive year in fact i think i posted that i felt the s p would get up to about 3300 from the start of the year uh the nasdaq i thought would get to about 10 uh, was my initial guesstimate based off of starting out the year where did we start
0: uh, what we opened uh, was on the NASDAQ was 9039.
1: So I was picturing about a 10% overall growth for the NASDAQ, the S&P, and the Dow altogether. I was picturing a 10%. So getting up to about 10K for the NASDAQ and a, you know 33, I want to say, for S&P. And I'm just going off of memory. And then the Dow, I think t- getting up to or touching close to about 30K. I think that would be my stretch on on those. And they were marching that way to start the year. Um, yeah, you almost hit the your points like in you know April or sorry February. Yeah, <laughs> middle of February we were we were cruising right along and and I was I was thinking to myself that you know we'd seen this type of growth and continued march. It was a continuation from 2019, basically September up through the end of the year. We had just a this amazing march that that happened. Uh, you know the all the numbers were climbing up up and away. I didn't think it was sustainable at the pace that we were going to end 2019 and certainly going into 2020, I was hopeful that it would go up those, you know, 10% by the end of the year, but I did not see it continuing the March like they did. And then, and you it, know, and then it did, <laughs> and then it did, and well, then the rug got pulled out from everybody. The rug. Yeah.
0: The interesting part with the rug was, I mean, that was one of the probably of my better calls that I've ever had overall in all markets, the traditional market and Bitcoin, because, uh, as it came through, I'm I'm looking at DJI here, but I don't, let me go to SPY because I the Dow I don't I don't watch as much as I do Nasdaq and and uh, SPX. So as you know, SPY follows SPX pretty similarly. So mm-hmm. uh, for me, when we were let me zoom in on the time frame. So as we were coming through in uh, February, late February, um, you know everything was telling me that I needed to kind of start to. To um, get out of some of my holdings I got stopped out on a few As it started to tip over the top here In uh, the end of February But it just, you know It it reminded me of this little dip beforehand And did I know that we were going to go down super far? No, I mean we had We knew COVID was out there What it was going to be We didn't know yet But uh, overall I started to um, Tighten my stops Uh, Some got stopped out Some I just closed out You know, after this first big dip here uh, on the 25th of February, um, I know I I was pretty much out of everything. Uh, Bitcoin was looking and I was running. Bitcoin was like kind of my uh, indicator of a lot of things I was going on, too. And it rolled over almost the same. And that's the weird part because they were all rolling over prior to this. And I don't know if you remember, uh, there was a lot of news that came out on some of these uh, politicians that had insider information of covid that um, they were selling their stocks like pre-sell before the big dumps like they were selling you know millions of shares and millions of dollars worth yep because they knew what was going on before we knew before the public got the information yep uh and so i kind of think that's what was you know pushing a little bit of this rollover you know or it just technically was you know getting up there so uh for me i, I got lucky because um, the majority of it i was getting out of it but you know, tightening those stops as it started to roll over. Um, I mean, that obviously was a a huge move as it just
1: rocketed down. Uh, Once it rocketed down, that's where your brilliance came in. Uh, It was more or less a a combination of of us recognizing that there's going to be a a huge reaction to this, but with every huge reaction, there's a huge opportunity as well. And uh, for me personally, I just was... I'm never going to capture the bottom. I'm never going to capture the top. You I were close, dude. was. You close. were close. Was like, close. come on. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you could buy stuff on sale for, you know, if you're seeing a twenty-five, thirty percent drop in the in the regular markets, in those leveraged ETFs, you're seeing a, a seventy, eighty, ninety oh. percent drop overall. Yeah. Which are they ever going to go to zero? I guess theoretically, it's possible. But for when you're talking about broad holdings of having an underlying um, you know, your, your underlying stocks that are part of it, yeah. are the underlying stocks that are part of the overall leverage DPF is going to go to zero. No, they're just going to reverse split back. They'll eventually come back up. How long will that take? I, I can't tell you. Nobody could really Nobody tell, you. tell you that. No, you, you're never going to know exactly how long it's going to take to recover it. But for what we were looking at, uh, I was thinking, Hey, we got a year, maybe two years of, of these things coming back. And if they come up, from the the 70 80 90 percent bottom where where we were looking to get in or where we got in uh, that was that was going to create some growth potential that was far beyond anything any other options that were out there for us at that point in time. so
0: now do you remember uh, on I'd have to look at the timeline the calls that you made to get in and you know I was fine with them I wasn't all my indicators told me just kind of hold off there might be another push down, but you know you were ready to rock and roll. Do you remember if there was the stimulus that was started to go out at that time, or was it just before?
1: I, th- I want to say that they were in the talks of all that stuff. It was—we uh, made the purchases, I want to say, about the 17th of March. I want to say the real stimulus uh, movement was starting to happen towards the end of March, 1st of April. I think they were talking about it, but they weren't necessarily voting on getting it all through until first part of April. Yeah, I want to
0: say that April 6th—this this candle wick right here, I think, was like the big—this this dip down— in this little uh, area here, because I remember this coming up. Yeah. This is where I was, because there was no stimulus talk. None of that was really, or nothing passed. And I was looking for the dead cat bounce. And so as it started to roll over, you know, I was kind of telling myself. I was feeling pretty good. I told you it's going down again. And then uh, once those stimulus talks came out, it just, you know, or they passed it is like the first one that came through. It was like ripped, just ripped up. I mean, and once that hit, I mean, after that, it's just to the races. Like there was nothing stopping
1: it. Yeah, it, it, once you've once you basically give cash to people to utilize how they want, it's going to sustain growth in a short order. Uh we're going to see that that card be played I think uh, in the future. Uh multiple times potentially as as we see these maybe these events start to happen again or if they ever do happen again. I I just personally felt that modern monetary policy would dictate that they aren't going to let the markets fail completely like yeah. they would in yeah. the early twenties uh thirties however you want to say it yeah we're gonna get these pullbacks we're gonna get the thirty forty percent might I don't know that we'll get above forty percent again uh with an overall drop uh in the markets uh it, without. Major intervention, and it's certainly when it happened over a long drawn out time frame, you would see it in these shorter time frames you would you're going to see the fed you're going to see the government step in to provide some type of either stimulus or some type of action, whether that be zero percent interest rates or negative interest rates or um, uh, backstopping more or less the purchasing of bonds corporate bonds across a broader scale uh, private lending to Directly to the Fed, all these all these moves that they buybacks, made, buybacks, quantitative easing, <laughs> yeah, all the all these, and, and I don't think we've fully seen all of the tools in the tool t- chest be used as of yet. And I think they're still going to be implementing more coming into this upcoming year. But I would say, as a review for what we did for 2020, we're seeing that yes, those people that that didn't lose their minds uh, and just completely sell at the bottom and swear off buying stocks for the future <laughs> probably did all right yeah uh, yeah i know for myself personally i on the way down about march april time frame was when i really had to evaluate what am i holding and why am i holding it and yeah. are there other opportunities that are out there can i dump something that might be down just a you know five six ten percent and then get into something that's down Ninety percent or 80 percent, something that, that definitely had more upside potential versus you know, if, if you just hold on to something that's down five or six percent, uh, and it's going to come back up. Are you only going to see a, an upward swing of 10, 20, 30 percent as opposed to if you bought something that was down 90 percent or 80 percent or something along those lines, um, you know, 200, 300, 400 percent gain? And those things are important to kind of evaluate, and that's something that you have to answer for. That I had to answer for myself, but each investor has to answer for themselves. What if there's a major event happening? What? How am I going to respond to that? And right. 2020 really amplified. How do you react to a really bad case short-term scenario? Well, that's one of my that's one of
0: my phrases I live by. It's not the events in your life that define you; it's how you react to those events, right? So it's like. There's always something that's going to happen, always in your life, whatever it is. And this is the market. The market, in my eyes, the reason I love trading it and everything else is, it acts like life. It's psychology. You see these things that are happening over and over, and how people are reacting to it. So, how do you react to it? Like that—that's a good question, like to ask anybody that's looking to get into it. You know, we have our little group that's going on in our Discord. It's like, what do you got? Go. Why? Why are? You, yep. Why? And I ask that all the time when people are posting, like, oh, I bought. XYZ stock. Mm-hmm. Why'd you buy it? Yeah, you know I want to know why. I want to see what is it that you're reading, what is it that you're seeing uh, that's going to bring you that 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 uh, conviction?
1: Is, yes, is, is is to you know put the money down. Yeah, you know, because you've got to think- be confident. You got to have that conviction. You got to have confidence in what you're doing moving forward. And even if it's short-term confidence of being like. You know, I see a chart in your case, you're you're more a chart or technical analysis type of person. And so if you see something having that confidence that you say, hey, you know what, nine times out of 10, this scenario plays out to this. Well, that gives you the confidence to be able to make that decision and have that conviction moving forward. If nine times out of 10, you're right. Hey, you're you're well in the money, as you know. (laughs) Well, and I want to, you know, one of the things you said
0: uh, when you were picking some of the stuff that uh, you're looking at getting into, it wasn't, one of the qualifiers was it had to be down a lot. Like, yes. Okay, what got, what got hosed on this entire drop? But the other was it had a good fundamentals behind it. You know, we, we put in a lot of those uh, ETFs, the triplicate ETFs that were in there, but it was, you know, what's going to come back from this? And you start looking at, you know, interest rates are going to zero, well, mm-hmm. what was our best performing stock almost or etf that we bought was you know well not now but it was up there it was nail, nail. Yep. right well interest rates low interest rates that's a great one people are gonna be building remodeling putting all this stuff in together it's like that was an obvious like answer that was a great one so that yep. was that was good i mean
1: short term that was uh i would say probably in that three month three to five month time frame nail really took off in that And with any of them, once you have that and you have that feeling that it's going to go somewhere, you always have to keep on watching it because it's going to, some of those are going to respond really quick. They're going to go up a huge amount, Uh, you know, go from, I think it was down at lowest, it was five and it shot up to 60 something. So that's, that's quite a significant jump, but it. Does that mean that you sell at 60? Does it mean that you dump it at 30? Does it mean that you hold, You got to constantly be evaluating what are your time frames that you're looking at? Yeah. Does it have momentum moving forward? Well, the interest rates haven't gone up. Real estate continues to climb. People continually look to spend and improve all across the board yeah. for their homes. If it's, their home is going to increase in value
0: and they have low interest rates, what are they going to do? They're going to pull out a home equity loan so they can build that shop or they can do the add-on or whatever you know put put a deck on it it doesn't even have to be big but those they're going to use that money for that yeah you know they're it's it's a it's a great one and yeah you were right 477 was the low yeah. and uh you know we averaged in around 933 which is pretty damn good considering yeah. that it's at uh today 48 dollars.
1: yeah and 48 i mean it's very strong for you know when you look at it from the nine dollar standpoint but if you look over across the 52 week range Having it up around $98, I think was the high point that it got during the 52 week range. It's, it still has in my mind, some room to run potential. Uh, Is it going to be four or 500% growth between now and the end of 2021? I, I can't say I highly doubt it. Will it grow from its current point? Maybe a hundred percent. Yeah. It's got a really strong potential to do that based off of what's already been out there and what's been established. I think it can, it can definitely do that. That's, not based on anything technical charts anything else like that it's more of just a feel and having that that confidence and and more of that conviction on you know looking at the broader scale markets the new home builders which nail includes a lot of the new home builders um DR Horton, Horton uh Lamar yeah. uh Toll Brothers uh, there's a few other ones that are out there that are that make up nail as the overall holding but what you look at Is their new home starts when this, uh, when the COVID 19 took into full effect? They were seeing, they weren't seeing a whole bunch of tire kickers, they were seeing a whole bunch of buyers, and their inventory got purchased very quickly and rapidly because people were wanting to capitalize on the low interest rates and locking those in. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's what they did. A lot of people did. I mean, I know you, you, uh, I think you locked in a low interest rate. Yep, took you a while. It took me a while, but once it, I mean, you, when you can lock in for a thirty-year time frame at three and a quarter on a house that you you know you're going to live in long term, it's basically like giving you free money. Why pay off a loan at three and a quarter when you can invest it and make, you know, 40 percent per year annually compounding, as time goes on? It doesn't it doesn't make financial sense to me personally to do that. Now, each person is going to have their own justification for what they see. Some people look to be debt free as soon as they possibly can. But that's that's hey, a probably a different topic for a different different podcast. Uh, I was podcast. one of them. I was one of them, and I
0: was, and then I took out debt. Yeah, and I bought stocks. Because made can, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah,
1: and that's that's where it comes down to is that if you could borrow or have free capital to be able to invest and make ten percent, twenty percent, thirty percent. Now, obviously, you can lose that as well. But in the long run, if you're continually up and you're non-speculative, you could put it in a VOO and get 12% almost guaranteed on a yearly basis. Yeah. You put in a VGT, you can get close to 20% guaranteed on a yearly basis. I don't think anything's guaranteed. Yeah, It's, you can't guarantee anything, but (laughs) it's like with anything, you just have to be vigilant enough to kind of look and say, okay, am I buying at the exact high point right now? Yes. Can it continue to run up? Yeah, it can. But probably it might be smarter to pull back, wait for a pullback. To Always have,
0: better to wait for a pullback.
1: Wait for a pullback for a point of entry that's going to provide for you some sort of security of being able to say, I don't have to necessarily sell this right now because right. I've what got else some you, breathing room. And
0: there's one other thing you have to have when that pullback comes. You gotta capital. You've got to have capital. you got to have the ammo ready for it. So all the you're time. either selling stuff that you already have in there to redistribute into something else or you're you know saving as long uh, along the way as it goes down you know i know i've uh started a new um basically way that i manage my own personal portfolio um to make sure that i always have capital ready for those dips uh and it's and that's something that we can talk about later let's kind of finish the review but um let's see for the rest of the year obviously it's just kind of it's kind of ripped up you know we, we moved up through we kind of had uh the NASDAQ led the way. NASDAQ, oh, yeah. I mean, it just...
1: And it has for the last, uh, I want to say 15, 16 years, A comparison of the three different major indices, you're going to look at a NASDAQ in comparison year over year is going to... It, it's been kind of the, the bellwether, and it and I feel it will continue to be that strong point that you can look to for the biggest amount of growth amongst the three major indices.
0: Well, you can look at this one. This is uh, QQQ versus SPY, so it's mm-hmm. the DAC versus the, the S&P um obviously the queue is in the front so it's leading it and you know the uptrend you know forever i mean ever since you know you can look at the the dot, crash, com. The dot com crash since then uh, i guess really 2006 is kind of at that consolidation zone at the bottom but ever since then i mean it's just been a steep incline all the way through till look where we're at now all-time high right at that uh it's broke through and it's kind of you know chopping back and forth so S&Ps tried to catch up a little bit, which it should. I mean, there's still, you know, uh, Tesla being back in, in there now might help them out. But that thing's so overst- extended <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen there?
1: Well, all those shorty shorts that, that should have been delivered last year for Tesla. Uh, how is anybody to know really what the long-term performance is going to be on any of those explosive stocks like a Tesla or anything else? But they yeah. can really drive these these conglomerations, these, these larger holdings upwards if you if you bundle them together and you're not putting all your eggs in one basket, you know, we talked about pullbacks in there I pulled up the spy chart here and you can
0: see, you know, a nice pullback is, you know, 10%. Like mm-hmm. If you get a pullback at 10% on the spy or NASDAQ or, you know, the, the Dow, that's like a, that's a pretty dang good pullback. Cause a lot of your other uh, stocks or your leverage ETFs, again, they're going back, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50%. Yep. Depending on what it is, you know, in, in this little run, uh, after March, you know, there's, three pullbacks, you know, you got that are close to 10%, mm-hmm. you know, that's that you could, you know, add to, we were already fully fledged, you know, in there from March. So we were ready to rock, uh, at that point,
1: this next year will be different, you know, yep. uh, come, come March timeframe, March, April timeframe. It, it comes back to my own personal investing, uh, mindset is that I, I don't like paying taxes. I don't think anybody really likes paying taxes, but I especially don't like paying taxes. They're and, my favorite. And so I, I know that if I exit out of a point right now, I can, Oh, there's a certain amount of gains, but if I hold on to it for a year, then I have flexibility to be able to reduce my overall tax liability. And that to me is more powerful. That provides an extra potentially 15 or more percent on the, on the overall gains of the holdings. And so for it's powerful. Every, every tax savings that you could possibly get um, provides, provides that future earning potential that, that compounds long term. I, I look at the compounding of, of not only what we've purchased this year, but what we can potentially purchase in the future by having tax savings uh, for holding stuff longer than a year the eighth uh, wonder of the world exactly yeah and so it's it's uh it's a powerful tool and and certainly 2020 has has led for us to be able to have a mechanism to allow for further compounding or further growth potential by just holding it and extending potential tax liability yeah
0: oh yeah
1: i mean it's uh and we're sitting in a good spot so as this came through we
0: just yeah. there wasn't a lot that we did after the fact we added a few little holdings here and there you know and added to some just as things went along but uh we ended the year strong it's just an uptrend yep. i mean it's it's slow but it's just ticking upwards i mean a lot of people think it's a sideways market you know i kind of think that way when i because we're not getting the volatility we had back in you know april may june july through there but you look at it, it's just an uptrend i mean even from we look at november on right where that personally for me yes we think of like a sideways market i mean the spy is up 5.8 percent since November since November like that's and that's there's no stimulus out there. there's nope. nothing that's been pushed again. we've got put back on lockdown everywhere, like even more harsh lockdowns than we we're at before, you know, but yet it's just taken up you yep. know that residual of that money being in the market is just kind of keeping it going and forward so I, and like you said earlier, I think you know as we transition from the year review uh into what we're looking forward, yep. I think we see the same thing. That trickle effect of what was already pushed out there with the trillions of dollars. What was it? Seven trillion,
1: eight trillion, or whatever. Yeah, I think overall stimulus that's out there, some six point four trillion up to. I, who knows? Do you count the new nine hundred billion mm-hmm. in the, as a part of that? I, I think it all got approved and signed. So yeah, you got to yeah. count that in yeah. as part of the twenty twenty stimulus. Yeah, I
0: think the six hundred, as they're saying, it might go out. Partial of those checks for people tonight. Uh, some of them might hit tonight, but they're still working trying to get to two thousand, which is great. I think they those people need it. I mean, yep. if only there was a way to really get it to the people that actually needed it, and not. I mean, we capitalized on what what this brought to us. Oh yeah, we were in a we were in a very fortunate position that we were able to capitalize on it. There's a lot of people out to that, and I know personally, you know, uh, the jujitsu gym that I go to. That yep. day, you know they're not they're not getting the handouts throughout you know we they got a, a really good support system there that's you know help them you know make it through but dang man this is this is rough on those small businesses like that and all this money isn't going to them no. you know there's trillions that are going to these big businesses that basically it's the bailout that we saw before yep. so we're going to see more of it it's not going to change it's not nope. like uh, old uh, uh, Biden's going to step in there cuz he's the, the
1: The the wind of change is coming. No. No, no. It's the same old, same old, but... It's it's just a continuation of the politics, and we're seeing politics play out right now. You're going to see the politics play out in 2021. But as a part of that, are we going to be more dependent upon stimulus news? Um, What was it? In 2019, it was China Trade Talk news. That was the... Oh, every week? Every week. So there's always something that's going to trigger or that they'll point to the trigger of being the pullback, or that it's going to actually affect like a 5%, 10% pullback of the overall indices. Is it real? Is it something that's going to uh, really make me change my outlook? Maybe, but highly unlikely it, for a lot of the entry points that, that we have currently, it would take an awful lot for the, of a pullback to get back to those entry points make me really look at Okay, what do I need to reevaluate long-term investment-wise right. or short-term, mid-term? What, what type of investments are, am I looking at? Are, is this going to rebound as quickly? I think you're looking at the catchphrase for 2021, at least in the first initial part after Biden gets in there, is going to be, what are these stimuli, stimulus checks going to look like? Right. Are we going to see multiple, are we going to see 2000 Are we going to see 1000 Are we going to see a continuation of this play out three, four, five times into this upcoming year? Projections are initially saying that our GDP is going to grow if they adjust uh, the $600 stimulus check up to $2,000 stimulus check from a five and a half up to six and a half GDP growth, six and a half percent growth. So they're already calculating that GDP is going to grow next year or this upcoming 2021 year of five, almost 6%, which is basically rocket fuel. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can, that growth, that, that type of growth from where we're currently at, rocket fuel for everybody that's out there. So if we continually provide those stimulus, is that an extra 1%, 2%, 3% that's added for each one of those checks onto our overall GDP? Right. It's huge. It's how we calculate, well, what can we borrow as a as a government? What can we, what do we see as the overall debt liability that we have? It trickles down to traders. It trickles down to hodlers like me people that just look for different differing entry points and there's going to be other things that emerge but right now i think with us being as close to the all-time highs of uh current holdings in the the leverage funds that i'm looking at it makes it tough to to be or to recommend hey buy this right now yeah you can't i can't say oh buy this one thing right now or buy that one thing no it's just kind of a I'm already pretty well allocated, and uh, let's kind of just kind of see how this. Yeah. Oh, and
0: it's, I, you know, you have your ideas of, and I kind of have it, you know, mapped out in my head. It'll be completely wrong, but uh, the, like you said, stimulus, they're going to start the talks once it gets in there. They're going to really push for it. We might get one that comes through, or at least a bunch of, you know, momentum towards it. We're going to keep climbing coming to the end of March, April timeframe. You're going to see, I think, a dip in that timeframe yep. because. That was when a lot of people got in, obviously in March to April timeframe, and it's that 12 month timeframe you're talking about. Yep. They can get rid of that long term capital gains, and uh, you know, cash in on some of the these the stocks. I think we see a pretty decent pullback in that timeframe. Yep. You know, and from there, I think that's the buy point, man. Yep. Potentially.
1: It could be. Uh, yeah, it's all tough to say. I, I would say that most people are predicting that 10 to 12 percent, maybe 15 percent pullback in the overall markets yeah, that'd be in, in that time frame. And it would make sense where it matched up perfectly with long, people that entered into March like we did. Uh, needing potential, you know, missing out on the short term capital gains, but then also being able to cash in to pay for the taxes for April yeah. 15th. That yeah. People are worried about paying for those at that time as opposed to October. Uh, so there's a lot, of, a lot of factors that are there. I think uh, the first 100 days of a new presidency is always uh, interesting. I think we've seen from the beginning of November, if, you know, for, for me personally, I know for you personally, we, we looked at entry points. I personally got entry points at the end of October, first part of November for a couple of holdings that have panned out fairly nicely. Uh, and so there's going to be those opportunities again. It's just a matter of how patient can an individual be uh, in looking or waiting for those to co- come about. Um, the, we're in the what is it? The Santa, uh, it's a Santa's push after Christmas, basically. Oh, uh, it's the end of all the stores new, at the end of the year. End yeah, of the yeah. year, everything for the rallies, the stocks. Uh, it basically extends from christmas until two days into the new year two trading days into the new year's so it's consistently seventy some odd percent up the yeah. 77 of the time it trends upward by one to two percent on the overall indices across the markets so is that what we're in right now i don't know is it because of the stimulus could be uh yeah i almost think i've posed this question before uh privately is that is the threat or the thought of a stimulus more powerful than the actual stimulus? So having that potential of a $2,000 stimulus out there for months or weeks or however long, is that going to drive the market upward more than if they said tomorrow we have $2,000 stimulus checks that are coming out to people? Well, we saw, I mean, I think, I think we see it react to it as
0: in, uh, the same way that we saw Trump with the trade talks. Yep. You know, it's, Oh, the trade's on, the trade's off, the trade's on, the trade's off. And I think we see, minor reactions that come from it i don't think it gets built in overall like the long term saying oh we're gonna get it because once it actually gets passed then yeah i think we get a bump i don't think it's this it's going to just be this until we get a a large uh stimulus that comes through in the trillions again yeah i think i think we just kind of see this general uptick that's going to go through you know and then
1: you know Market normalization again at some point in time. That's not dependent upon...
0: I don't think we can ever call this a market normalization anymore.
1: I mean... You can't because you can't ever truly have an uh, exponential growth. I don't think that's the only ticket for moving forward is that you just have to continually have an uptrend. Low low interest rates and you got to print money. Guess what? They can't raise the interest rates
0: now because mm -hmm. we have so much debt that you raise the interest rates. What's going to happen? They can't pay it. Who's Mm going to default on it? Like It's like... Then it, the, that scenario is just not going to happen anyway. No. I mean, the, they'll just print more money. They're yep. just going to devalue the dollar at some point in time, supposedly. But I mean, you see it in the market. So I know you see it. Go to the grocery store. Things yep. cost more than they did six months ago. You can tell on that point. But the when you look at what actual inflation is, it's
1: under two percent two percent
0: i don't think so their target
1: like... point is two percent and and they can't even get close even when they're printing off six trillion dollars i of... feel like my grocery bill has gone up
0: ten percent maybe fifteen percent alone like yeah we keep track of ours in our house pretty pretty consistently throughout and you can see the uptick mm-hmm. we didn't change much i mean come the holidays obviously there's extra stuff that comes through but even before then we saw you know the stuff was upticking you know the prices were, were going higher that's that's inflation that's yeah what, that's what we talk about how much can i buy with my dollar and they get this uh i'd have to find the post for it but he, he ran through I can't remember who it was either but he ran through you know you know the idea of what inflation is like what they put out there this two percent well you know that yeah. they want to keep it at or it's here or they want to be at three percent whatever it is this magical number that they say it is and then what actual inflation is you know what was the price of a, a car you know 10 years ago what was the price of um, you know the classic is. A, You know, gallon gallon of of milk milk, right yeah you know loaf of bread and that we see a continual incline uh in the cost another big one that he talked about was education yeah you know education inflation like that's that's the largest one that's out there it's like just unbelievable you know you see that out there so inflation's there man
1: yeah the value for what you get for education is a completely different topic but i would say for 2021 if you're looking at the dead hit of are we going to get to 2% inflation in 2021? Are we going to get to 3%? I don't see it. I don't see it happening that quick. I think most projections have it put out to 2020. Yeah, exactly. 2022 at the soonest, potentially getting up to 3%. And that's with all these miraculous measures here of trying to get to that. But yes, buying a house right now, good luck trying to buy a house. It's ridiculous pricing. Um, Any, almost every market that you go to, I can't think of what I've heard or read of of a marketplace where it is affordable or cheap or lower price than what it was even a year ago Puerto Rico maybe we're going yeah <laughs> <laughs> not a
0: Wyoming right we got to get our cabin there
1: that's right <laughs> it's uh, it's it's something that yes I don't I don't necessarily think that we're gonna see uh, the inflation where they want it to in 2021 I think stock prices are con- going to continually increase across the major indices I would say as a whole. I would put it in the ten to fifteen percent range again of growth from the uh, start of twenty twenty one to the end of twenty twenty one ten to fifteen percent growth. So you're looking at what was our uh, overall
0: growth right now? I don't even know what that's at. Like S and P here, we're at ten percent.
1: Well, that's from the high point in February. But if oh, yeah. you go from I, I'm
0: sorry, I didn't go back to twenty. Let's just go to the
1: beginning here. So if you look at fifteen percent, fifteen percent. So. I would That's say unbelievable. I, you could see, I, I would say probably in that 10 to 15% range. I think uh, an outlier, if we get a lot of, <laughs> look at that. I know it's unbelievable. Look at that. The DAX, So you can see this 41%. That's with
0: a, a huge from the
1: top. We retraced Trump. I mean, that was the, yeah, one of the things. That was the retrace Trump. I remember that. It was retraced yeah. Retrace Trump. It, it retraced Trump but that. then it went all the way up to well above whatever I would have thought it was going to be. I thought we'd be in the tens. This is, un, like, this is unbelievable.
0: Unbelievable. A 90... So from the bottom of March, yeah. 94%. We went and that's, down 32% from yep. that top, up 94% to where we're basically at today. Tomorrow, you know, it's not going to dip. I no. Mean, even if it dipped like 2%, whatever, yeah, we're yeah. still sitting
1: in the 90s. But what you got to look at... Okay, so that's a 32% dip from the top to the bottom. Yep. Okay. That was a major, major event. Yeah. So how can... With modern monetary policy, how in the future can anybody think that it's going to dip more than thirty-five percent in a short-term time frame?
0: I I don't think you do. I think what most people that are fearful of what's going to go on, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to happen. I think you're going to see them step in. Mm-hmm. They've already said it. You know, we've got an infinite supply. Yes. The you know, okay, great. They're going to print as much money as they ever need. Yep. But what is the consequence of that? You know, there's so many theories out there. What's the consequence of that? A consequence. I mean. We say inflation, Yeah, nah. so their magic inflation number hasn't even moved, to, hasn't even budged. So,
1: I mean, they can print 10 times that. Yeah. And then maybe we move up, maybe we get to that 3%. What's right? the only combating factor that you have, or what are some tools that you have to be able to combat the long-term inflationary effects of... No, I mean, you always have different... I mean, real estate's the
0: first one I come to, because you want to look at stuff that's, that's a fixed asset, right? Like, it's not going to go anywhere. There's only a certain amount of it. Land, you know, real estate... Your precious metals are always a big one that's out there. Obviously, my favorite is just Bitcoin. <laughs> we can well, talk about that one later.
1: I, I, and I think I would contend that you could also look at securities or just anything oh. across the board, be, being able to outpace that overall inflation. Yes. What I think that you would you would immediately go to your real estate, your... That's the classics. Those are the, the classics, classics right? of Like uh, precious yeah. metals yeah. or whatever along the lines, because that's a tangible asset that you can hold on to. But it's going to just pace yeah, in my mind, it's more or less going to pace with whatever inflation is. It's not going to far exceed what inflation is. It'll,
0: it'll, but it'll it hedges you for the dollars because the dollar is basically what's going to decrease in value. So that you're gonna you're gonna make more overall. But yep. like we saw here, what's a better investment? Stocks, man. Like I mean, ETFs. Get into some good stocks that are out there. I mean, your your classics of Apple, Amazon, you know, your Fang stocks, whatever. You
1: know, everybody wants to buy into Tesla. I mean, you can't go wrong. I mean, and you're getting Double your money. And one of our best holdings that we had throughout the year was Fangu. Mine, yeah, uh, personal side. But then on the, uh, on our little investment side of things, Fangu, uh, I guess I call it Fangu, but it's FNGU. FNGU. Yeah, here we go. Uh, we entered at 33 bucks. And, uh, your charts were telling you it was going to go down more than, th- lower than 33. I looked at 33 and I was like, hey, this is the perfect entry point. Uh,
0: yeah. It was in the same spot. Like this whole turnover that was coming in through here. Yeah. We got in at
1: that point. I mean, what are we, 700% up now? And it's, it's looking strong. It's looking really, really strong. And it, yeah, there's been pullbacks. You look along the way. There's huge r- r- uh, upswings that happen. There's huge pullbacks that happen. There's, And it's going to continue to happen in that regard. I would say look for those pullbacks. I entered in again with some additional purchases back in the 200 range, just below the 200 range. I
0: mean, this is, these are what you're talking about. Because yeah. these are 3x leverage. So, yeah. I mean... Uh, with with leverage comes your risk that you have to be able to hold through these big dips because guess what if you were holding here
1: yeah
0: i bought there you're crapping your pants you were down 80 percent. yeah you're down 80 percent. how many of you can say i'm going to put a 100 grand in and then all of a sudden it looks like it's only 20 yeah but and then-, then say oh i'm going to hold on to it you say that not many people can no not it's many it's, it's the strong hands it's the shake out of the you know who's going to get shaken out
1: it goes back to what we were originally talking, though, about, about having that conviction or having that confidence overall in that long-term right. holding. Is, is Apple going to go away? Is, it, is Bitcoin going to go? You can draw the parallels across any board. If you bought Bitcoin at the top 20 or 19,000 back in 2000, what, 17? Oh. I... And, then, and now it's at 28,000. So, I mean, if you held during that whole time, you're like, oh, crap. You know, I look like an idiot. But long-term, it all pans out always i mean for most things well for most, for most things, things yeah time's uh the friend of the investor but yeah if and we, that's that's a key difference are you an investor or are a you trader? trader right so you're the investor side you're yeah i mean you're
0: and i and i will always you know come to you with that kind of side of it you you invest it like yep. you're long term i know when it's going to come down it's long term i am a trader like mm-hmm. that's i look at I want to be in. I don't want to lose a lot. My my whole uh, concept is small gains or small losses, big gains. So, if I can keep my losses small and keep my gains big, things are going to come out for, well for me in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've I've done well with that. I've done really well this year. I've done I did well last year. So, uh
1: as a trader. Um but it's really easy to do well in in a bull market. In a bull market. I mean, that's that's the whole deal when it comes down to it. What does it look like in a yeah, bear but, market. Yeah, but the and, only
0: thing I say is when I look at where I got out and where I got back in, I mean, I'm looking at a you know, 20% difference between top and bottom of where I got, when I got out and where I got back in because I traded. Mm-hmm. If I would have held through, I still would have been good, but not as good as I was because I traded out of and got back in
1: except for those taxes. Yeah, that that's where it comes down to. You always have to weigh out the tax consequence that comes down for short-term versus long-term in the holdings. And as we come to the end of this year, you got to figure there's going to be people that are going to harvest their losses from this year. Now, I, I don't know how many losses people are going to have because everything is, is trending upwards I mean, overall. We got, we got a couple still sitting we, in there. We got a couple that are sitting in there. Couple A
0: couple of options that we might close out
1: tomorrow just because. It, it's not much, but no. harvesting some of those losses, it, it has value during this time. But as far as overall holdings of stuff, if you go beyond into this new year, it'll all pan out. It, oh, yeah. It, It always seems to. Uh, It's just a matter of how much pain can you take in the short term looking at a number. The best investors are those that are dead, right? That don't do anything. (laughs) Uh, That's the classic Fidelity one.
0: But here's the, we talk about the investing side. Uh, You know, people will choose that one. They also choose the the study. I put that in quotations here. The study of, they took traders and they gave them, you know, said, hey, you're going to be a trader for a year. And they threw them, you know, threw them into the fire. These were all people that had never traded before, first off, and there were seven of them. Mm -hmm. So their study consisted of seven people. That's a broad market, right? To (laughs) trade, and I think it was like one out of the seven like made some money, and it wasn't even a lot. It was like he made like twenty bucks or something stupid. So, and all the rest of them either they they stopped, you know, within the first couple months, or they just lost their money throughout. You know, they did horrible. Yeah, of course you're going to do horrible it takes there's actual techniques that go into trading to be able to do stuff and if you're not in the mindset of understanding how you're going to protect your capital and how you're going to create the the uh, the process for which you're going to you know trade by you're not going to be successful no unless you're lucky
1: unless you're lucky which certainly that that comes into a lot of what i've done uh personally is just luck some of it's
0: yeah, but you know, Just you, time. You create your own luck. Come on, man. <laughs> You create your own luck. You say that all the time. It's like, okay, eh. not everybody's going to buy in where you did because they're scared. Not everybody's going to be able to take money to put in there at that time frame. It was a scary time frame. We put
1: fresh capital, a lot of fresh, fresh capital in. Yeah. how many people are going to do that. So, no. Yeah. You don't go chasing, uh, what is it, don't go throwing good money after bad or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, we didn't throw good money after bad because I don't think that it was a bad Investment, and I think you you talk to anybody that's a long term investor, they will say there's some luck that's involved with everything that they do. I mean, we've you, Warren Buffett's one of them. He's like I've just been blessed to be born in a time frame that allows for me to be able to experience such growth and a and a capital accumulation yeah. that is stocks. Hey, and and that's one thing that we're currently in right now is we are in a, blessed with a time frame that allows for stocks to be such a value. We've talked about it extensively. How how valuable is this? A tool or mechanism to be able to know exactly how much money or you have, not some Zillow estimate on a home that you own or not some yeah. some bank telling you you can cash in and get the money yep. from whatever you have at any point in time, know how much it's worth on down the line and yeah. you could see it grow and compound and grow and compound over that time frame to me that's more valuable than any of the other investment mechanisms that are out there for real estate or um, precious metals or whatever else now yeah. certainly you can throw crypto into the mix of things but that's a completely different
0: uh we'll go on to crypto talk on <laughs> another one because i'll talk a long time on that one but uh i did want to go and move on to because um, we're gonna geek short on be short on time here yep. let's talk about our, we have a little yearly competition going with yep some of the guys from the group um and i say guys not because i'm uh, not including women all women are allowed. There's just only one on there. I don't even think she's a part of it.
1: Well, and plus we live in a state where it's not y'all, it's you guys. And so we refer to guys in a in an all-encompassing type of uh, yeah. uh, say, vernacular, I should say, however you want to say it. So, so
0: why don't you uh, let me know. Let's start from the, the top of like the the first one. We'll just kind of look at what it is, uh, who, and we don't have to say the name of who picked it, but we'll just look at some of the stuff that they picked.
1: Okay. So what we have... Um,
0: I'll start with mine first. I picked ships because I can. I knew that one for sure. Yep. Uh, or sh- just ship. It should be ship. sorry. Yep. I was, I was debating between tops and ship. Yeah. So
1: you would played with tops a little bit earlier yeah, this year. So. Yeah. And I mean, top
0: and ships are they're, they're identical. They're mm-hmm. like they're like Burger King McDonald's kind of. You know, when you think about it. And so uh, for me, I was looking at something that was highly depressed uh, over this time frame. Yep. Uh, I look at the 50-day, 200-day a lot. And I was looking when I was uh, going through stuff I have. Uh, I use FinViz. Yep. And so I was like, okay, what's what's below the 200-day moving average? Uh, and this was 80% below the 200-day moving average. Yep. So, okay, great. That gives me a good start point. So I looked through a bunch of them. I had a yeah. a big list here that I, I, I like to look at that first yep. so I know what's going into it. And then I wanted to see just from my first initial what was uh, uh, coming into play with the technicals right yeah so then i went on the technicals i'm a technical guy yeah uh and then i found a couple of them that looked really well with me and i I was choosing between ship and tops because they looked exactly the same almost almost to a t a little different price point a little different market cap but really close um and then from there i looked at the fundamentals okay well what's what's going on with these guys why are they so depressed what's what's happening uh, you know, and obviously with trade talks, is one of the huge ones. You know, China's yep. shut down, so we're not getting as much shipment that's going on there. And it's just, and it's been throughout the world, not just with the U.S. I mean, I know Europe was going through some of the stuff and, you know. It's everywhere. Everywhere. Um, I don't know how well it's going to be, but I'm kind of playing the encouragement of the new administration coming in and potentially opening up some of those talks to get it going again. Uh, at some point in time, it will. Um, I also found a lot of different... Um, uh, funds that were actually putting uh, tops and ship into their funds uh, for the same reason that yeah. they're looking at uh, the potential of these trade talks opening back up increasing trade which in turn is going to raise the you know uh, a rising tide raises all ships yeah. right so hey, pick a ship it's right there so that was that was kind of my choice on that one we'll see if i win
1: yeah it's always tough to to say as far as extending out because they've been highly depressed based off of the existing COVID structure that they're in long term what is their debt structure going to look like as they try to emerge from this are they receiving any type of benefit or aid as it moves forward who's going to know you, the best guesstimate is based off of the the technical analysis that you do on these charts here looking at past indicators of Hey, it's a strong company. It's not like that strong or infrastructure is going to go away. Once they get let back into the wild, more or less, they're going to emerge as somebody that is strong. I would, I would venture to say it's just a matter on how they can weather the, weather the storm, since it's a shipping company, weather the storm, more or less, of, this, of what we've been dealt or what they've been dealt in this short-term time frame.
0: I'm going to pause it right here. Hold on one second.
1: So we have a few other ones.
0: How many did we get all overall? Uh,
1: the ones that I had, uh, there was a total of eight that I had tracked. I think there's probably one, one or two more that got submitted afterwards. Um, I, but it wasn't on the actual ven, uh, the venue venture thing. I know for me, I looked at uh, BXRX, um, and I I probably did a. I I haven't really looked at at buying any of the small caps or anything along those lines, in in a decent little bit of time, but the chart looks somewhat similar to what you had there up for ship. Uh, but what I did looked on Finviz as well. I wanted to find something that was close to within 10% of the um, bottom of their year to year to, or their 52 week, uh, price. Mm-hmm. So within 10% of that, uh, I had to drop more than 80% overall for the year. Um, it, and then just kind of read up a little bit on what the overall company does. Uh, what did their recent financials look like? Um, just kind of gathering some some background detailed information. Uh, is it is it an area that could that could grow? And for me, I always look at pharmaceuticals as being something. that's kind of like tech, but just just a little tick under tech as far as overall growth potential. Pharmaceuticals can take off pretty rapidly in my mind. And so what this one had that that interest me, at least from what I remember reading. And it was briefly that I did some research on this before I purchased. It was, uh, based on, it was a non-opioid, uh, pain medication for treatments, uh, across a broad scale, but they have already in phase three trials and phase three B trials for treatment of different types of pain related to cancers and approvals for that are, are forthcoming. They're also seeing that they're, um, um, quarterly revenue uh, is starting to be generated, but then also growth potential is out there. It's one that analysts are, are projecting for uh, 8 or $9 total purchase or total price here in the near future. I don't know. it. The reason why I look at it as being that gap that was uh, on the charts there has to deal with the fact that they just recently released another $12 million worth of stock. I feel like that's a, um, to help with their debt. More or less, you, yeah. you release that, it gives them some capital to be able to do a couple different things. I don't know if it's uh, potential future marketing that they're going to need for getting their product out to the masses and demanded amongst people, general yeah. population of people, uh, or distribution. Uh, more or less, though, um, it's a gamble. As with anything, uh, is it, is it going to be the next biggest thing in the short term? Probably not, uh, but I've got a year. So look year. at it. got a year. Could it swing mid-year? Yeah. It, could it swing end of the year? Yeah. Could it swing start of year? I don't know.
0: I think I think we're gonna know on yours uh, by the beginning of the year which way it's gonna go. Yeah. Just uh, with the... it's kind of a it's kind of flat, but I mean it's it's descending wedge ultimately, which is bullish on the on uh, on the downtrend here. So I imagine if we'll see a little breakout here of this uh, descending triangle heading up. Obviously, you got your resistance uh, at the cloud, but. I think we. I think if it breaks up, I think it'll consolidate a little bit here at the bottom, and then we see some good move up. I mean, that's kind of what it looks like there. We'll see. Uh, I like it. I think we should have. Uh, we should try and have every one of the guys on the podcast. Yeah. Just to chat. I mean, they all have their own insights. We should yep. have them on here. And then they can tell us about
1: their pick. Yeah, because I think it's not really fair for us to evaluate their picks without them here. I mean, I we think, can. We I mean, can obviously but, we. Right, but it, it's biased because we want we want ours to win. But I think it's kind of interesting that you and I both went to the same general place of Finviz to kind of gather some information yeah. uh, based off yeah. of what's out there. Because I don't I don't consider myself a trader. I don't keep up to date with like. Oh, what's this thing doing? But if I was looking for uh, a purchase of an individual stock that's not ETF, that's not leveraged, that's not whatever, which I don't generally do, I don't generally purchase stocks. Uh, I think I have uh, Big Five uh, was one that I ended up buying. Smile Direct Club, Chewy. uh, Smile Direct uh, Club, Chewy. I send yes. your Apple, your and Amazon. Make, I don't have Apple. I don't have Amazon. I don't have any of those. What? Yeah. I dumped those. So that was a part of what the 2020 How do you did. consider
0: yourself an investor and you don't own <laughs> Apple or Amazon?
1: I look do at Do you Apple. make money? <laughs> so Apple and Amazon, for me, <laughs> make the most amount of money when they are in a 3X fund, which if right. you look at a lot of the 3X funds that I'm currently in, that is what they provide the most growth. So why get uh ten percent growth of the holding the individual stock when I can get thirty percent growth of having it in a holding that's gonna be spread amongst a lot of the other ones as well. I was messing with you. No I know. Hey but that's my justification for it as well.
0: Hey, I love it. I'm gonna end on one thing just because uh I had to see the price here. We jumped what about twenty nine. About twenty nine. But you, I
1: you said thirty by the end of the year, right? No,
0: I said we wouldn't hit thirty by the end of the year. Uh. I didn't think I actually got stopped out on a short today not a big deal you know whatever i gotta i gotta hedge myself because it was kind of it was playing with that uh, resistance or that yeah the resistance at the top there but we broke through it yeah i'm happy overall like i said stopped out not sad but i wanted to just kind of go over this chart i posted on the discord it's just a yearly chart it's fun to do fun to look at uh i took the bars from the 2017-18 uh you know rise up and downtrend and just put it you know right here Watching it you know, retest the twenty k range—that's if it went down from twenty nine to twenty k to retest that. Yeah. That's a pretty big dip.
1: And you'd have a lot of institutional places that would buy. Oh my
0: god, there's so many institutions. But look at that—if it ran that same thing, five hundred k. Yeah, per Bitcoin this year. Yeah, okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll yeah, take
1: you it. might take the short term tax on that, although you're long term on all of your individual uh, look, Bitcoin holdings not, anyway. Oh,
0: I put a bu- I bought a bunch of new stuff in in October. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I gotta wait till October.
1: Well, there but you I, go. But you know, hey. Yeah.
0: Hey. But we'll just kind of look at it here. Yep, broke out. Looks nice. Let's see where it goes. Is it going to hit 30k? It's going to stop short. We got till to tomorrow at four o'clock is the close for Bitcoin.
1: It could do it. Uh, it. It's shown that it can. I
0: well, I want to be right, so I don't want it to hit.
1: But either way we
0: go, man. Hey, either
1: way, you're a winner, right? Either way, I'm a winner. It's like uh, betting on your team to lose or win. You know, you 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 put it out there, and you <laughs> you you're basically you're a winner either way because your entry points goes back to that original idea of the entry points of where you're yeah. at, allow for long-term holding based off of whatever this does. It could go up down three, four percent. Heck, Bitcoin could probably go down 20, 30, 40 percent, and you're still not budging on your overall holdings as far as like you're not going to sell your coins, your your little minor no, coins. Not yet. not yet, not
0: yet. Yeah. If it hits 500k, I'm selling something. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, uh, it was a good one today. Let's, uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, We got a lot of other stuff we want to talk about. And uh, thanks for the one or two listeners that will be on there. Yeah. All right, guys.